Cheers! Welcome, Welcome to, to Movie, Movie Bitches. Bitches, our new podcast. Let's have a kiki with Movie Bitches. <laughs> I really feel like we need some Kinder eggs or something. Oh my god! Right? We some ASMR. Like... Oh yeah, you can crackle your. <gasps> yes, that's good. <laughs> I got the little tingles. Is it our flagship episode? Is that what you call it? Sure. Flagship store. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. So we are in Sundance. We We're... are at the Sundance TV headquarters, where they have graciously uh, invited us to film or to tape launch 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 this podcast we're gonna launch it yeah like just ship. like the ship the flagship oh oh boy oh boy <laughs> i see what you did there yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm. we're sitting in a beautiful park city right now yes um looking at the snow it's quite it's quite spectacular mm-hmm, mm-hmm. not as snowy as previous years which no. has been welcome i really feel like i just need you to say sweaty balls i've been wanting to this entire time <laughs> literally you have no idea oh i just love your sweaty balls <laughs> They're so good. <laughs> I did tell someone that she made really good balls this week because what? she was making snowballs. And I was like, wow, you have great balls. Well, this first episode will be mainly focused on Sundance movies yes. that we've seen. But from here on out, we'll just talk about things that we haven't gotten around to or TV shows or, or things that you want to hear us talk about. Exactly. Things that are just on our mind. More yeah. than movies and drag race. There's so much more to us. <laughs> Is there? I don't know. I don't think so. What's your favorite? What's my favorite so far? Yeah. Hmm. I mean, okay, well, so we saw this cute rom-com called Adam. Yes. That I really, really liked. I really liked it. Okay, so on paper, this movie should not work. No. You read the description and you go, oh, no. Yeah. It's like, oh, uh, you know, it's kind of like a mistaken identity type rom-com where uh, this- It's the usual, I'm writing a, I'm, I'm secretly writing an article about you and you're going to be so mad. Exactly, it's, it's exactly. Oh, no, rom-com. I lied to you and you're going to find out. Except the lie <laughs> is that this um, 17 or 18-year-old straight male it's- lets her think that he is, in fact, a transgender man. Yeah. And um, on paper, you read that and you go, this seems very tasteless. <laughs> But um, I think because it was a trans filmmaker, it definitely helped. It was handled with care. It was like a really um, lighter fare for the subject matter. I felt yes. like it was just like a nice window into the world of LGBTQ, all of the above. And it showed so many different varieties of, of people and genders. And, and every character was really just like figuring it out. Like yes. they, they're at a time in their lives, early in college, you know, end of high school, where they don't know what they want or who they want to date or all of that stuff. And everyone's sort of cool with it. Absolutely. It was I, just open. It was. <laughs> and so it's funny. It takes place in 2006. And oh, which like, they remind you oh, often. Oh, often. I mean, L- but, a Laguna Beach poster? Oh, my God. I loved it. <laughs> Let's watch the L word. Let's watch the L word. I had forgotten it was 2006. And I was like, wait, what? what are they? They're all sitting around having viewing parties of the L word? What? Yeah, I loved it. <laughs> it made it feel realer to me. Right. And it also just, I guess, maybe for me personally, reminded me of my own, like, coming out coming of age sure which was around the the same time yeah and you know it was like i would stay up late and watch queer as folk at yeah you know 12 o'clock at night or whatever you get a brief fleeting fleeting moment with anna gastire oh she's in it for like a minute and a half april and i had the same reaction we were like oh yeah oh she never shows up again Not even in a in a voicemail. No, Ladybird style. No, you know, they they mention the parents somewhat often, but then yeah. we never really and we never see the parents be. We like she, he says oh, at some point. Hand. Yeah. Oh, you know, my mom can't even say lesbian without doing her Dracula voice or something I like think it was vampire to be like, voice. Like, le- le- lesbian. Oh. oh, lesbian. Lesbian. I don't know. Is that a vampire voice? I don't know. Les- I was I was thinking like like 
the count lesbian lesbian i don't know i don't know but um we never saw anna gastire do it no i thought the intro was Weak. unnecessary sure once i got to new york i was having a great time absolutely but it was so quick i didn't care well and it reminded me of this other rom-com called different for girls with rupert graves and uh, miriam margulis oh. who's the most fabulous person. Of course. And that was also just like a kind of cute rom-com that about a trans woman and a man and they went to high school together before she transitioned and then they kind of re-meet and it's just this sort of, from what I remember, it's been a while. Okay. But like I remember being really, really cute and I was like, oh, I want more movies about this that yeah. aren't, you know, as heavy and powerful as movies like Tangerine are and all of that and they're sure. so important sure. and I'm so happy they're out there. It's nice to see like a lighter side to it. It is. Well, for me, this is something that is more um, approachable yeah, you know, like the, oh, it definitely like gives you a clear out as a white straight man to be like, it's fine. Oh, just be accepting, and yeah. we'll forgive you anything. Well, a little bit, <laughs> a little bit. I mean, a lot of it, a lot of it. But somehow you're not put off by it. No, you're. Yeah. Well, like it's funny. So at the end, there's like out in the woods, and she screams, "I'm bisexual," <laughs> and he screams, "I'm a straight cis male," and I go, "Oh," and he luckily go, then just goes. Gross. <laughs> and it was like, okay, this movie gets it. What's fun about it is that it's like, I think especially in 2019, there's so much of like this nonsense of people being like, oh, well, you know, straight white male are the, males are the newest persecuted class, you know, and you're just like, fuck you. But this kind of plays with that notion yes. where it's like, oh, I feel weird. Like uh, he's surrounded by all of these people that are. He is the minority. He in, is in, in the this movie, group. You know? Exactly. Yeah. It's a fun dynamic, flips dynamic. Yeah. So I, I, I think that was probably my favorite. I really what? liked it. I really liked it too. I would say for me, my favorite uh, was one that Avril hasn't seen yet. Ugh. But um, I'm so jealous. Oh my god! It's called Hail Satan. <laughs> they added a question mark because yeah, why? they wanted to soften it. I don't. They wanted it to be I more inviting. Say, I would say add an exclamation point. That's what I said. <laughs> so Hail Satan is a documentary about the Satanic Temple. Um, <laughs> Which turns out not necessarily what you think. No, I know. You um, told me, and I and I'm jealous, and I'm excited, yeah. and I want to watch it. Yeah, I mean, I said it's the feel-good documentary of the year, which again is not what you would expect for a documentary about the Satanic Temple. But it turns out that the Satanic Temple is just a religion that was essentially created to troll established religion and the real deep hold that the evangelical Christianity has taken in particularly Southern politics, right. but pretty much politics as a in whole. Like discriminating and Exactly, kind of like anti-abortion stuff versus abortion. Right, right, it's right. like all of that brought to the forefront and using the constitutional freedom of religion right. to push back. And yeah. it's all about choice, which is really cool. So and inclusiveness. Exactly. Right. Yeah. It's like, it's, I want to see it. It's great. Like, I'm really excited. I highly recommend it. I'm pretty <laughs> sure I'm a Satanist now. It, it's you a, and Guilfoyle. It, me and Guilfoyle, exactly. What's cool, too, is that they do, like, churchy things. Like, right. they have, like, well, adopted you, a highway and a beach in Dana Point, And, like, they clean up stuff and hang out. Productive and positive. Absolutely. You had said, too, like, they talk about how being an, just an atheist or an agnostic is really lonely. Yeah, there's, there's this there's one not guy. A lot, there's not like, oh, let's go have a meeting about it. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> no. There's this one like pretty fabulous guy who described himself as a, a zesty atheist, <laughs> which I really enjoyed. But he was like, you know. But lemon or lime? Oh, <laughs> I don't know. Maybe both. <laughs> <laughs> zesty atheist. I like that a lot. I like zesty <laughs> as a term for gay. 
or or like, like sassy, instead of fruity, an yes, of sassy, exactly, yes, of like, but like a little bit gayer. So we also saw Velvet Buzzsaw, oh which boy. is the new Dan Gilroy movie. Yes, he did Nightcrawler, and then I think Nightcrawler was his first directorial uh, debut, and mm-hmm. then now this is his second. Oh no, wait, he did one in between. Mm, that Denzel movie that had a terrible title, something 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 Esquire. Oh God, I forget Roman. I don't remember. Something. It was a bad title. Esquire. Yeah, it was. <laughs> but he did that too. So is this. We'll get to it. A bad title, yeah. Well, it's a it's an intriguing title. Uh, you can't seem to remember it. No, I really could uh, not. I called it I, I called it Velvet Buzzkill. Violent Buzzsaw. Violet Buzzkill. Well, it is Buzzsaw. I call, yeah. yeah I, I think Violet Buzzkill might be a great drag name. Violet Buzzkill. Right. Yeah. I mean, she well, doesn't bring the party. Is she a party pooper? Does she poop at the party? She poops at the party. And everybody knows this. <laughs> I I like this movie. It had problems. Yes. It's sort of a satire. Uh, not sort of, is a satire of the art world, of the modern art Yes, scene. I think that was the more successful part. 100% the most successful part. It's very much, I was watching it like, wow, this is really giving me some uh, Robert Altman, the player, like long sweeping shots of this huge cat, like the opening shot in Miami, they're at the oh, big yes. art show. And it's, you know, we're following Jake. And then the camera kind of runs into Tony Collette and follows her and da-da-da. And I was like, this is just straight out of the player. And then I looked it up and Dan Gilroy was on record being like, I watched the player a lot. Oh my God. It was my ins- one of my inspirations. I was like, yeah. yeah it and showed. similarly to the player, like you read the plot and you're like, oh, that sounds really cool. Like a big uh, Hollywood producer gets wrapped up in a murder and like all this stuff, blah, blah, blah. And then you actually see the movie and the plot is not like most Altman movies. The plot is not really what it's about. Let's just say that. Sure. And so I felt the same way about this, where I was like, on paper, I'm like, ooh, Jake Gyllenhaal, that's like a weird art critic, and Renee Russo, and Tony Collette, like, yes, and there's like haunted paintings or something. I don't, something's happening. But then the actual plot of it is like, oh, well, that wasn't really flushed out. Yeah, <laughs> that was the problem. I mean, I don't know. I did not care for this movie as much as April did. Um, it was just so weird. I, it I, have, was. I have a higher tolerance for this is weird, therefore I'm intrigued. Yes. I where think, well, I'm so used to just like crap. Sure. Like boring crap. I'm like, and, I've seen this a thousand times. And this wasn't crap. No. no it no, certainly no. wasn't. It was just a little too pretentious for me. Yeah, you have also have a very low tolerance I for do. pretension. It was very much up its own But ass. can we talk about Jake Gyllenhaal? Oh, we have to talk about Jake Gyllenhaal <laughs> because um, he is everything in this movie. Oh, he was the best part of the movie. He was in the movie I wanted. Oh, yeah. He knew what he was doing. Yep. He had a full character. Oh, yeah. It was a character. It was so much His a name character. is Morph. Could not laugh every single time. Morph. Oh, hi, Morph. <laughs> oh, what? Yeah, his hair was perhaps the most hideous hair I've seen on screen. I in mean, a it was long, long it was time. Donnie Darko grown up. Yeah, you know, yeah, it was that. It was. This is the the sequel to Donnie Darko, I think. <laughs> Although, does is he dead at the end of Donnie Darko? So. It's been a while. Since it has I saw been that a, movie. a long while, and I think it's probably best that way. I think it's I, best left it, in high school April's mind. Exactly. <laughs> it's like let's leave it there. But like I said, the satire of the art world was so freaking spot on. Yeah. The way they described things. Yes. And like, well, hold on. I'm just gonna pause you. Yeah. I think we should probably roll back tape. Oh, okay. Um, and mention so. Violent, what, vi- Violet? Vi- violent. Velvet. Velvet. God damn it. Buzzsaw. Velvet Buzzsaw is um, going to be on Netflix. Oh, yeah. Um, it might be at the, at the time that we post this because I'm not sure when this is coming out. Yeah. You can see it there. I would say watch it. I mean, if you like weird, odd movies yeah. with, and you like Jake Gyllenhaal, yeah. I would say it's, it's not bad at all. I liked it. It just has problems. The plot is that there is a mysterious painter who right. has died and left all of this artwork that was very implicitly, explicitly supposed to be burned and yeah. destroyed. Yeah. And instead, this art dealer steals it. Art dealer's assistant. Assistant. Yeah, yeah She's yeah. Well, she's young and hungry. <laughs> <laughs> she 
push you down those stairs. Yeah. And then it turns out that maybe there's something more sinister going on. I don't know if this movie was supposed to be straight up a horror thriller satire uh-huh. or if it's supposed to be like a satire horror thriller. You know what I mean? Yes. Because <laughs> like, I, like I said, so the thriller aspects of it pretty much failed for me. Yeah. Some of it's great and on point, but yeah. like the... There are deaths, and they look stupid. And yeah. so I didn't know if that was on purpose. Well, it was weird. I think Like, the actual to... CGI looks bad. I wish it had been more abstract. Of like, So basically, instead of literally the paintings killing people, yeah. like, have it be like, is the painting driving them mad? Did they right. kill themselves? Right. Did they get scared to death by whatever? I, I sure. wanted it to be slightly more abstract so in my mind I could be more horrified instead of like, well, I mean, <laughs> what's this? A, a hand just appeared from a... A light bulb cord and what? Yeah, that what was happened? really that was the worst death. Mm, monkeys was pretty bad. Monkeys was pretty awful. But Jake Gyllenhaal. Oh my god. Um, yeah, he's. I mean, because it just the campiness of him. Yeah. Oh yeah. Was the best part. Absolutely. So he knew what movie he was in. He's pretty much constantly naked. Um, oh, yeah. <laughs> it's amazing. <laughs> he knew me for no reason except every reason. Except every reason. He's this art critic who basically can't figure out what to do with his own life. In Out. any way outside of judging art. So yes. he has to like attribute everything he's judging in life to that artwork and stuff like that. So he just like can't, he's a mess. Yes. Essentially. A little bit. I think we should talk more about him being naked. <laughs> when it's just like, and then he was writing his review and his laptop's covering his goodies. I mean, I really love it. It's just him lounging in this chair and yeah. it's just like a laptop on his crotch and everything is just like a slow pan well, of and then his, his abs. His sexy uh, boyfriend who's like, oh, let's yeah. go skinny dip. Yeah, he's like, I'm going to go in the pool. <laughs> Are you done working yet? And then he just like drops the towel and dives in. It's so but stupid. Jake couldn't care less because he's, oh, he's the over. art, the art. Oh, well, and then he's over him and he's moved on to. Oh, right. So, so the movie starts and it, very much presenting him as a gay man, seemingly, you know, 100%. And then suddenly he's very much interested in the woman who discovers the paintings. And so we were like, oh, okay, so he's bisexual. But I think that was another part of his character being like, I just want whatever I'm obsessed with at the moment. Yes. You know? Fickle. Up for any kind of pleasure he can get at any moment. Yeah. They all seemed like terrible people. Well, that was one of the problems. I didn't care that any of them were dying. Nope. Because you don't really like them. So had it been more abstract, had it been more of a straight-up comedy, mm-hmm. I think it would have been more successful. Well, I also would have liked, okay, so the whole plot line, I mean, spoiler alert, watch it. it I mean, it's on Netflix, so it's so easy to do. You know, yeah. It's like, whatever, yeah. it's two hours of your time. It's weird. It's cool. It's bad. It's good. I don't know. Renee Russo and Tony Collette are there. It, Enough said. Enough said. And Jake Gyllenhaal <laughs> and his ass. Enough said. Watch it. So what I really would have liked, basically the whole premise is that this artist had like a tortured past. <clears throat> yeah. His mother and sister were killed in a fire. His dad was abusive. He went to like an insane asylum. At some point it turns into a Ryan Murphy movie. I was, was like, like, what is this American horror story? Like, it was like Violet. flashback <laughs> montage it. to Velvet. 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 Okay. So can I explain the title to you? Apparently oh, yes. Velvet Buzzkill is like a slang for cunnilingus. <laughs> Oh, or, interesting. Or vagina dentatas. Oh, well, in this case. Oh. <laughs> Velvet buzzkill. Now, wouldn't that have been better? I guess they couldn't have shown it to us, but wouldn't it have been better if it was like on her thigh? Oh, so Renee Russo has a buzzsaw. She used to be in a punk rock band. She has a buzzsaw tattoo. All like very bad exposition. Buzzing, buzzsawing her to death. Yeah. But I mean, if they can show Jake getting sodomized by a, a robot. Oh my God. <laughs> Oh my god! Yeah. I'll just I'll just do one one last point. Uh, Jake Gyllenhaal's flip phone. Oh my god! I still don't know. I tried to ask <laughs> it in the Q and A. I wanted to know what was the choice. It was a, it was set in present day, uh-huh. 
he, by all accounts, would want the best, the newest. You would think the his character had informed us of that, and and it's just not even addressed that he no. has a flip phone from like two thousand six. It too. was really funny to me. It almost reminded me of that horrible, stupid movie that we watched, where the you're gonna have to narrow that down. Well, right, um, where the the band guy and he like kept the same phone. Remember, it's like oh, taped to oh, get the voicemail. Forever, off my girl. Yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. Except yeah. there was no tragic backstory about saving a voicemail from no his long lost e- love. Exactly. We had no idea why he had he the just, cell phone from two thousand six. Had a flip phone. It wasn't even like a razor. It was like a non-sexy no, phone. Or a sidekick. He's, oh my god! <laughs> but like, it was like, why? What? I don't know. I really wish we'd gotten to ask the question because everyone else was asking pretentious art questions at the Q and A. I know, and they're all just like, everyone's up there talking about like, oh well, art is just so powerful and meaningful. I really oh, I wanted to it. express how the did. spirit of people can oh. be in the art and transfer. Oh my god, it was too much. <laughs> And John Malkovich. Oh, and John Malkovich. He didn't have as much of a role as I would have liked. No, I wish there had been a main character. Yeah, that would have been helpful. I wish they had either focused more on Jake Gyllenhaal, more on Josefina, the young assistant, or Renee Russo. Like, pick one of them, and everyone else can be kind of wacky side characters. Absolutely. That are still awesome. Yes. But, like, give us more... And still very present. ...rounded out of, like, one person that we're following. Exactly. So then we kind of care. Yeah. More. Agreed. So, I liked it. I didn't love it. I found it to be entertaining... Most of the time. <laughs> I was lucky enough to see the premiere of Late Night featuring the fabulous Emma Thompson. So it's Emma Thompson as a late night host, and Mindy Kaling gets to become her new female writing staff. Is she the only female? Yes, of course. Okay. What year is it supposed to be present day? Present day. Okay. Um, Mindy Kaling wrote it. Um, I forget who directed it. So sorry about it. Was it a woman? Yes, it was. So it, it starts off, I don't know. I liked this movie. Mm-hmm. I thought it was really cute. I thought it was really funny. It's kind of like um, I feel pretty with like that same kind of like <clears throat> message, except this was very he- heavy handed with the like. Oh, I feel pretty wasn't. I fell off a uh, soul cycle bike and now I'm <laughs> think I'm the most beautiful person in the world. You know, it wasn't as heavy handed as this. OK. And it really you haven't seen I feel pretty. So I think you should okay. back off. Fine. Fine, I'll back off. The trailer just really, really got to me. It, the movie was much better than the trailer. Okay, great. I actually really liked I Feel Pretty. I was expecting it to be some sort of shallow house situation. It was much, I, I was afraid of that. Yeah. And it turned out it was a lot nicer than great. that. Great, great. This, okay, so basically Emma Thompson's show, Not Doing So Hot, she's like, I want a woman. And so they hire Mindy Kaling through a whole series of things, whatever. She's hilarious. It's great. Turns out that Emma Thompson is losing her show because she hasn't updated with the times and, you know, she brings on boring guests and whatever. It's a little slow, Mm. but it's funny and the people are all funny and Emma Thompson has amazing outfits. So are they like suits and yes, always suits. um, Fabulous colors, sequins, like all sorts of fabulous. It's like, Fabulous outfits. Mm. Loved it. Oh, and I was talking to you because I was hoping when you were kind of telling me the description, I was like, mm-hmm. oh, do they have a lot of fun cameos from like, no. oh, and next up, Tilda Swinton, blah, 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 you know, with yeah. our matching lime green sequin oh suits. You know, like it's not a whole scene. It's like, and we have a, a joke and we go to commercial and then she's right. off in the wings of the backstage. Love but it. You said that that wasn't really no, what they not were going for. Because that would have been all. fun to play more with late night television. Absolutely. Where it seems like it was kind of not wanting to focus on that as much. No, it's mostly about like the behind the scenes. It's right. about the writer's, the writer's room, room and how toxic writer's rooms are. It's about, you know, have the value of having diversity, mm. um, giving a voice to underrepresented, you know, communities. Um, sure. All of that's important. Not as funny. It was a solid B plus, but I didn't like 
You weren't obsessed die. I wasn't it. obsessed with it. Yeah. So another super cute, fun one that I actually liked better than Late Night was called Blinded by the Light. So Blinded by the Light is directed by the director of Bend It Like Beckham. And it's kind of a similar structure to Bend It Like Beckham where it is a young teen. I mean, he's like 18 or 17 or whatever from a uh, boy from Pakistan. I guess he's actually a first generation uh, Brit. Londoner or whatever. They're not in London. They're like oh, outside. Okay. And his whole dream is that he wants to like get out of this tiny little town that he hates and like get to London. Rather than being obsessed with football, he likes to write. He, he takes an English class instead of the economics class that his father wants him to take. <gasps> and at this new school, there's this boy that he meets that is like listening to... Um, Bruce Springsteen. Yeah, thank you. I don't know why I, sound, I wanted to say Bruce Campbell, and I was like, I don't know who that is. I mean, I've told you who that is on numerous occasions, but oh. I like that it's in there somewhere. Somewhere, just rattling around. Somewhere, just ping-ponging yep. around in your brain. Right. No, no, Bruce Springsteen. Yes. The boss. Yes, exactly. And it changes his life. And he's just, like, obsessed with Bruce Springsteen. And it starts to become this, like, slow-burning musical mm. where it becomes more and more musical throughout the movie. I am i can't wait to see it. It's charming. It's wonderful. I'm excited. I really liked it. I hope it takes off. I hope so, too. So we both also saw the untitled Amazing Jonathan documentary. Oh, my God. That is the title of the yes. movie. And, oh, boy. Well, what I would say first is I would say go see it um, yeah. without any spoilers because it is a roller coaster. It is. It's like the the catfish, the jinx yes. of, of yes. this year's Sundance where you're like, that's not what you expected. Right. I just thought it was so much more interesting. Basically, Amazing Jonathan was this famous magician. Mostly is. Through He's the... not dead yet. Well, he's not famous. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> Wow, way harsh type. <laughs> he was he was much more famous in the nineties. Sure. Imagine Dave Coulier with a headband, like with like across the forehead. That's the guy. Like I didn't remember him, and no, then once no. I started showing clips, I was like, mm. oh, kinda, kinda. <laughs> so, um, so imagine that in your head. And basically, he gets diagnosed with cardiomyopathy and is given one year to live. So they decide they're going to make a documentary about him because he lives four years past his. Terminal, exactly. terminal sentence. Yeah. So you think it's just going to be about that? Oh, retrospective of his work. Oh, you know, let's interview Pendulette and see what he thinks. You know, that kind yeah. of stuff. And it is that, but then it takes a turn, and let's just say it becomes more about the filmmaker himself uh -huh. and their relationship. Yeah. Which I always enjoy. I think because I've been involved with docs and mm -hmm. production and mm -hmm. I know the process, like it's fascinating to me to see it fall apart because I've been there. Yes. And so it's sort of like a meta documentary. Yeah, it certainly is. It, like if you added in the Curb Your Enthusiasm soundtrack oh my God. and edited it Absolutely. a little tighter, sure. like this could straight up just be a Christopher Guest mockumentary. Absolutely. And I'm here for that. Yeah, I did find it fascinating and it's a, crazy. It's a, it's a good watch. It's a roller coaster. Yeah. You're like, what? I don't want to say too much. I just think it was like really interesting and yeah. I'm glad I didn't have any context for it. Really. I agree. I was I just agree. like, okay, let's see what happens. And you know, the first half hour is very traditional and you kind of go, oh, okay, yeah. you know, I hope this is what? <laughs> so, uh, you know, I would just say stick with it and I would, I would definitely recommend it. I would too. I saw one that was fun and silly called Little Monsters. Um, Not to be confused with the Fred Savage. <laughs> Wasn't that what that was, week was called? Little Monsters? I think so. I think that's what it was called. Something similar, at like least. Like Howie Mandel? Or yeah, <laughs> because I was like, what was it? Oh, no, it's different. So Little Monsters is an Australian film featuring Lupita Nyong'o, who is everything. Sure. Um, and Josh Gad. Who you traditionally don't love. No, I don't. Luckily, he turns out to be the villain. Oh, great. I mean, not really. Okay, so Little Monsters is a zombie movie, and Lupita Nyong'o is a teacher on a field trip 
who has to keep her class safe. And it's nice because the, the scope is small. Right. You know, they're on this, like, farm or whatever that they're visiting. And it, it's silly. It's not and World War Z. Oh, no. no. Oh, no, no, no. Exactly. <laughs> it, it, it reminded me very much of, like, the tone and vibe of, like, a Shaun of the Dead or Grabbers or any of those other fun, like, Sundancey yeah. night, midnight screens that we've seen. D- Tucker and Dale. Versus Evil. Versus evil. A yeah. little less graphic than that. Sure. It's not particularly gory. It's just fun and silly. And well, I didn't know it was Australian, so that's exciting because you know that the humor is going to be yeah. weird and great and spot on. Exactly. And Lupita Nyong'o, I can't stress enough like how she carries this movie on her back. Does she try and do an Australian accent? No. Are the kids Australian? Yeah. Okay. I mean, that's fine. I was just you wondering. Know. It's not, no one, there's not a lot of accents. Okay. It, it's not like noticeable, at least, that I remember. Okay. No, but it was silly and fun. I, I would recommend that one. Oh, man. Well, so then we're recording this before we've seen it, but oh boy, am I so excited to watch Sonia the White Swan, the yes. Sonia Henny biopic. Oh, my God. I can't wait. I can't either. I really hope that it lives up to the expectations. I know. I kind of wish Paul Verhoeven was directing <sighs> it because I feel like it would be insane. Yeah, that Remember, would be. what was that movie called? Black Book? black book and it was like this woman during the holocaust and she was a jew but she was pretending to be a gentile oh. and then she had like seduced the nazis to like get secrets from them and it was like edgy and weird and paul verhoeven yeah but I, oh i can't wait and i'm so excited yeah well so you it's interesting you were telling me i don't know that much about sonia Hattie's. so she's basically the a skating equivalent of esther williams well no i mean i know who she is oh, okay well i don't know our, much about her life but for yes for, for everyone who doesn't know who she is <laughs> she in all through the 30s and some of the 40s she was instead of you know esther williams is in the pool sonia and he's on the ice and there's yes. these cute rom-coms you know they're all the same plot uh but there's beautiful costume designs and just like you know everything they spent so much money on yeah. stuff that i liked back then <laughs> um costumes hair you know <laughs> All of the above. Instead Cost- of CG. Costume changes, you know, yeah. dance sequences, you know, people <laughs> that can dance and sing. Um, and so it was exciting. But I really hope, so there's this, I forget what movie it's in, but there's this famous skating sequence where they dyed the ice black. And the movie's in black and white. And so with the high contrast, uh, she is like spinning on this black ice and it just is this perfect reflection of how they did the angle. And so it looks like there's two of her just on top of each other. And it's amazing that sounds crazy so we'll see hopefully the actress they got can ice skate yeah who knows or the stunt double that they got can ice skate well i'm sure that's the case yeah so i i mentioned to avril when we were talking about this um there is a fabulous documentary called the fabulous ice age oh right um that's on netflix it's all about like ice capades no it's it's pre-ice capades really it's all about ice dancing oh okay which i guess is sort of ice capades e right but they make a a clear distinction and delineation in the documentary sonia henny is in that has a section in that one yes Right. Yes, she does. I can tell you all about it, but you could also just go watch it because you should. It's short and cute and amazing. Do um, you like ice skating? Watch this movie. Go watch this <laughs> movie. Period. Yeah. Do you like ice skating costumes? Yes. Go watch this movie. And what's really cool about the documentary is that the, this guy that was in the ice dancing tours around the world, he saved all of this stuff, the costumes and the pamphlets and the this and the that. And so right. it's really well preserved and it's cool to look at. And didn't they make like a museum a- yes. after the movie came after out? After the movie came out, they raised money to to make a museum to ho- hold it all, which is pretty cool. It's That's in like awesome. Minneapolis or somewhere cold. Somewhere where you might find ice dancing. <laughs> Sure. Should we talk about some of the stuff that's been here that we've done? Should we talk about Silver Foxy, Zach Efron? I mean, I could talk about Silver Foxy, Zach Efron for the next two hours. I feel like your voice got sexier in, it, that, in that sentence. It, it was intended to. <laughs> Basically, Zach Efron is starring as Ted Bundy 
in a new biopic that I guess is, is more about his longtime girlfriend that like could never really admit or see who he really was. Oh, interesting. But the second I heard that it was a, a movie about Ted Bundy, I was like, hard pass, can't deal with it. Yeah. So I was like, absolutely not. I'm not going to see that movie, but I will attend the party. Yes. <laughs> and we did. And it was fabulous. <laughs> not only was there Zac Efron, but there was pizza, like really fancy good pizza. <laughs> And cookies. Like, come on. I mean, and Zac Efron's basically transforming himself into a Bond villain. Like, he looks like Christopher Walken in A View to a Kill. Like, he's got, he's got real white hair, but then, like, a, a dark goatee. Beard, yeah. 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 I, you know, I'm on board for him as a Bond villain. I mean, yes. With, when, when Charlize. Charlize yes. <laughs> when Charlize is Bond. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Like, I love that pairing. Mm-hmm. I would love them to be in any movie together. I though. think it would be good. Yeah. Mm-hmm. He's a good actor. I like him a lot. Uh, yeah, it was by no means that I thought he would do a bad job as oh, Ted no. Bundy. No. I just didn't feel like I needed to go through that. There's a documentary on Ted Bundy out, too. Yeah, on Netflix. Yeah, and Netflix apparently tweeted, they're like, shutting down the thirst. Because apparently people were like tweeting about like how hot Ted Bundy is. And they're like, you guys, he's a serial killer. Well, and that was the whole thing. Like That's why he was so successful, sure. which is terrifying. Yes. Um, yeah, it's a weird... It's a weird thing, guys. I don't. I don't feel like we should be publicizing Ted Bendy. Exactly. Ted Bendy. Ted Bendy. Oh, oh yes. And then I got to see Jeff Goldblum on the street. I mean, I would have loved to like interact another with silver him. fox. I, I mean, right? <laughs> oh, that hair was really quaffed. He is dapper. Uh, yeah. Yeah. He's great. Also, like the charisma. It was like exuding on thing. the sidewalk. There's a thing that certain people have where they change the chemical makeup of. The room, the street they're on, the area that yeah. they are. I mean, it's true. Yeah. And Jeff Goldblum's one of those people. I oh met God. him at a stage door and it was like, ah, <laughs> there's a force field and you're, I don't know, hi, what? Oh. So, yeah. yeah, it's, I know what you're talking about. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Just like magnificence, you know? I yeah. don't know how else to explain it. Yeah. There are a few more things that we're interested and excited to see. There's like a political documentary called Knocking Down the House that is not just about Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez, but but about like the whole group of, I think there was like four or five yeah. across the country yeah. that this group kind of lifted up and put together. It seems like an inspirational, political, hopeful, Quite. all of the above. I'm excited. Apparently there's this movie that was supposed to star Sharon Stone, which I don't know how I feel about it. But now it's starring Demi, Demi Moore. Moore. Demi? Demi? Uh, yeah, Demi. Demi. Called Corporate Animals, where I read the description wrong. How did you words. read it wrong? Tell so me. she, uh, it's like, oh, uh, Demi Moore is the CEO of uh, Edible Incredibles. Oh. The, so I immediately was like, oh, so she sells like edibles. Weed and candies. This will be interesting. No. But it was, no, it was Edible Incredible Utensils. Yes, they're like edible utensils. So they're like biodegradable. Apparently. I would or assume. Or you like eat yeah. them yeah. Like, at the end of the meal? I guess. Suck on them like a popsicle? Sure. I'm not sure. Maybe does it taste like candy? I don't know, but apparently they go on a course retreat and get locked in a cave, cave and Ed Helms is there so I'm interested I'm intrigued and then there's a documentary from the same people that did oh god what was it called 14 it was numbers 52 was or something like that the number of shots and edits and cuts in the shower sequence from Psycho I yeah. forget what the number is I think yeah. it was like 1452 or something like that yeah all about like how Alien the first Alien movie like came to fruition like at first you know the screenplay was getting written by one guy and then he got stumped and then he kind of insp- and just sort of like how it came about and how it's become such a huge historical cultural thing like everyone like xenomorphs have gone so beyond oh, yeah. that movie you know remember the predator oh my god <laughs> oh my god remember that movie 
Whoa. Oh, boy. Oh, boy. Oh, boy. That's an oh, boy. Yeah. Oh, Shane Black. Oh, yeah. What happened? What happened? Mm. Mm. Yeah. But so, no, I'm excited. There's some good stuff in it this year. Yeah. I just got got tangled up in my my wire here. My wire. In my wire. The man on, did you know that they oh have two God. Academy Awards for <laughs> Man on Wire and Searching for Sugar Man? Seriously, though, go watch the Untitled Amazing Jonathan documentary. Yeah. You'll That's get all it. we'll say. You'll get You'll it. You'll get it. It'll be great. I mean, I would I would say everything that we watched, yeah. I would recommend. Yeah. I would recommend them. I like them. Yeah. I think Blinded by the Light is the most commercial one I've seen. Where, like, yeah. my mom will love that movie. I'm excited. And, like, it'll be like my mom will then tell all of her friends. It's that kind of viral off. thing. I, I hope think. it, you know, Big Fat Greek Weddings. Exactly. Or Bend It Like Beckham's, it, for that, that matter. It, it has the same feel as Bend It Like Beckham. And I think it'll be, it was a really good movie. Cool. So you'll have to see it. All right. Well, this is the first installation yeah. of Let's Have a Kiki. Let's Have a Kiki. I want to have a Kiki. <laughs> I mean, we could make a shout out to our wine sponsor, Wink. TryWink.com slash movie bitches. You get $22 off your first month of wine. Of of wine? Yeah. Oh, it's cool. Oh, I just love this sweaty wine. It doesn't work as much. <laughs> this sweaty bottle of wine? This sweaty bottle. Just, no. No. Mm-mm. 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 no. I love the way your balls smell. Oh, my God. Oh, it's so good. It's so good. I love, I love it. it. Okay. Well, thanks so much for joining us. Yes, and we're going to try and get these out uh, once a month. Yeah. At first, at least. Yeah. that is all the time we have to it, do it. Certainly right now with Drag Race. But we'll see. Maybe we can do special little mini episodes if there's something we just have to talk about. I mean, yes. <laughs> there's going to be plenty of wigs in 2019 that we're going to need to talk about. Absolutely. So thanks for joining and cheers. 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 <laughs>